Hello, and welcome back to Just Hands Poker. I'm Matt Berkey, joined here by my co-host James B. James, how you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm interested to get uh, Matt's thoughts about a hand. Unfortunately, I'm not Matt Berkey, uh, but I am signed in as Matt Berkey on Zoom coming off of my recent webinar talking about exploiting GTO noobs. If you want to check that out, you can head over to SoftwareYAcademy.com and sign up for the SoftwareY TV site and check out that and all the other webinars and all the other content over there. Uh, remember to use discount code JustHands2019 for, I think it's 5% off. Yeah, a little, little plug in here happening early on in a Just Hands episode. We normally don't do that, but it's your lucky day. So as a thank you, I guess, for listening to my pre-roll sort of ad, I'm going to share a hand on the show, which I haven't done in a while. Um, and I'll, I'll explain in part why I haven't. I've been playing a lot in games in New York where I play with the same kind of, or I, I play with the same opponents again and again. And so I don't, my, my reads on these players tend to be very, very nuanced and it just doesn't feel very worth it to share hands because it, there's just not going to be that much value for the person or there's not going to be that much value of the input I'm getting from the other person because I just have a lot of information. Um, and so this is a an opponent in the game who, one, I, I feel less bad um, or I don't feel bad talking about them because this is a good player who... Or I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know exactly why I feel worse uh blowing up like the worst player spots on my podcast and I don't feel bad blowing up the better player spots on my podcast. I'm not gonna mention any names, but I think I think it's okay. I think the the better players need more of a challenge. So I think it's I don't think anyone listens to this show anyway in the game, which That's is probably weird. true. Yeah. Uh I think some people know that I do it, but no one is no one other than a couple of listeners who have sort of come into the game ran, like kind of randomly. Like there's a couple of people actually who who do listen to the show, but they were already listening to the show. Anyway, so shout out to you guys, you know who you are. And then for the rest of you, if you ever listen to this, let me know. And yeah, that'd be great. Okay, on to the hand. So we're playing five-handed. This was a game that a lot of people kind of just got destroyed early and left. We were only seven-handed at the maximum. So we're five-handed. We're playing 5-10. Uh, the effective stacks are like 3,500 maybe effective. Maybe a little less. Maybe like 3,200 effective. It's pretty deep. Pretty deep, um, especially since the game started 5-5, 1,500 cap. But we've had some action. And so, yeah, okay, so we, we, we were playing 5-5, five, five, then 5-5-10, five, five, and then we just switched it to 5-10 when we got five-handed. Okay, Cutoff is a newer player to the game, younger guy, knows what he's doing. I would say probably break-even or winning in a lot of, like, casino 5-10 lineups. Knows what he's doing. Thinks in terms of ranges, understands balance, can find bluffs. Good player. 
he, I have, I think in large part, just due to variance, like very much owned his soul over the last few sessions. And so we definitely have like a dynamic where I think he, he, he doesn't have a good feel on how I play necessarily, but knows that I do things. I don't know what he thinks about me, but he just knows that every time we play a big pot, I tend to win it and has been commenting on it. Anyway, he opens to 40, I believe, from the cutoff, button folds. I'm in the small blind, and I have nines. Any thoughts here? Is the big blind a good player? That's one question I'd be asking. Is that someone no. you want in the pot? No. He's not a good player. Okay. I don't know. Like, I mean, this this deep, you could consider working on some flats here. Um, I mean... Nines also doesn't hate to take it down pretty is um it's gonna be like lots of overcards on the flop. Um keep it in a, a little bit a little bit about this dynamic. I am a pretty active three better in this game, both in and out of position. And of all this is the only player who maybe who really forbets me with any kind of consistency and who I think does work in four bit plus. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have too much of a strong feeling either. Like, I don't know, like just don't fold. I think we're doing fine here. If you, I mean, if you three bet, like, you know, you don't inviting the big blind in is less good with nines because he can have a lot of over cards to nines, obviously. Nines aren't a very big pair, and so um, he'll hit some flops. Um, but then if this guy might four-bet bluff us sometimes, um, three-betting becomes a lot, a lot worse than it usually is. Yeah, I think my my hand doesn't play great at a position in a four-bet pot. And game flow is such that I think, one, I don't think I actually get that many folds from three-betting. Um, and two... I don't, I'm going to get four bet a good amount. So I think that this, for me, this is a pretty easy flat. And it, you know, obviously part of it is like, if I think the EV difference is marginal, then just given, you know, my overall bankroll, I'm going to go with the lower variance for like um, line typically. And I think that in the best case for three betting nines, that's going to be kind of where we're at. It's going to be close, and I don't mind taking yeah. the lower variance route. But I actually think that I think if I were getting my three bets through more often against this player out of position, then it would be more worthwhile. But I, I think I block a decent amount of his potential folds, and there's just not that many folds to begin with. Um, yeah. Can we talk about like some of the thresholds that would change it? Like, I guess my question would be. Like, what do you think about tens? And then what do you think about if you're like 150 big blinds deep instead? So I think those are kind of, those are two good thresholds you mentioned, because I think that tens at 150 bigs is a pretty easy three bet uh, against this player. Now, I think tens at 300 bigs deep is tough for similar reasons, but slightly better because I think we get it through more often. And 
you know, will face, will flop well in terms of like one or zero over yeah. cards. We dominate nines. We dominate nines, which is, you know, it's nice to be dominating nines instead of being dominated by tens. So I think uh, it's obviously a significantly better hand, even though maybe it doesn't look significantly better. But I think I still probably just flat tens in this formation, uh, especially because I, I think I had just been in sort of my frequencies maybe even looked a little higher than they actually are, which mm -hmm. when that's the case, I tend to avoid the bottom of like the kind of merge. And I would, I definitely am, I'm more likely to three bet something like an ace jack suited than a tens here, just because I face fewer four bets. And I think it's uh, slightly easier to defend with like an ace jack suited than tens. Yeah, I think it plays better. It plays better out of position because you can, well, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we're going to have to check a couple streets with tens when there's some over cards in all likelihood. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I'm, I'm up against a player that can empty the clip. Um, mm -hmm. Like, some of the big pots I've won have been calling big, like, calling down big bluffs. So, there's that. All right. I think uh, we've spoken enough about the flat. Um, the flat. Does the big blind come along? No. Big blind does not come along. Oh. So heads up to the flop. Uh, so nine in the flop. Flop is nine, eight, six rainbow. So any thoughts right. to leading here? Let's see. So I would think about what does the small blind flat range look like? in general i think it it does kind of slam this board i think you have a lot of mid pairs here and maybe like maybe some like ace queen ace jack that decided not to three bet for some reason or some like some suited broadways maybe like king queen offsuit something like that but i think a lot of those offsuit hands would elect to three bet so um, and you probably don't always have those suited broadways in here either. I think I think we could lead this board for sure. I think he may check back a lot of his over pairs on this board if he said he's a good player. So that would um, that would make me want to lead here a bit more. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think leading should be should be considered. There's a lot. To to be said for it, but I think I, I tend to, I'm going to tend to lead more with actually like a weaker range here because I think that a lot of, essentially, I just think that I get, I can get paid a lot here through the check call portion of the game tree. And it's partly because, or it's really just sort of a deception play. I don't think opponents expect hands like two pair in sets to be just check called here. But I actually think that it's a pretty strong play out of position this deep, just because there's so it's so easy to be floated. First of all, it's obviously very hard for either of us to actually have a straight. We can could have seven five. He's more likely to have it than I am, I think. And probably I have no straights. 
So there's that. So, so basically the top of my range is like sets. And I think that if I pull out to that degree on the flop, then it becomes difficult on a lot of turns. It's just, it's a very, it's a dynamic board. And so I think that the player in position has an easier time. It, they don't have a very difficult time playing against this flop check raise, in my opinion, because they can flat a relatively protected range. And the kind of hands that I think that they could make major mistakes with on later streets, like over pairs, I think pretty much understand that they're very much in the bluff catcher's zone. And I'm not going to get paid that heavily with like a nines versus those types of hands. Now I think check raising can be, it's not like we can't check raise um, because we have a lot of similar coverage. Like we can include hands like 10X, Jack 10, 6, 7, all these hands can be check raised. But I'm going to typically just as sort of an exploit play most of the, most of like my sets here and probably 9-8 as well, through a check call. Part of the reason, especially for like sets, is that there's really no, it's not like I there's no turn card where I can't defend. And so if we get like a seven on the turn and it goes check call again, and now on the river, it's like a brick and face a big bet, then obviously we're not in a great spot, but we also haven't put in that much money in the pot. Whereas if we check raise and get called and then we face a seven, now we're in a pretty tricky spot. Either we check and can face a big bets from a relatively polarized range. And this is a player who I think is very capable of like using hands like Queen Jack and Jacks as a bluff in that spot. And so it's not a trivial, obviously we're not folding on the turn, but it's not like a trivial river fold either, although we probably would fold. Anyway, just things get dicey. It's early for me, so I don't know if I'm making yeah. as much sense as possible. Yeah, I think I would think that the reason for flatting here would be that your opponent might work in more bluffs because he assumes that you're more capped than you actually are here on some like blank runouts. And another reason would be to let him catch up with the overcard hands. Like if he is king jack offsuit, he's probably not continuing here. But if he hits a jack or a king, he'd get one or two streets of value. I'm not sure about check raising. How many what's the SPR on the flop? Is it like ten or no the, the SPR is like 25 30 okay oh sorry okay so yeah, yeah even sorry, like 35 35 so you're yeah you guys are really deep i think like if we check raise we can still call the turn i feel a lot like because we have the set we do have the robust equity to continue calling so i'm not <laughs> sure that that I buy like that part of the argument for, for flatting quite as much. Do you see what I'm saying? Because we can call turns. Yeah. Easily. The yeah. thing is, I think we're going to face a really big bet. 
like I'm in, and it's also the kind of situation where like we boat up, we win, but we also like, if we boat up, how easy is it to actually get paid? Yeah. And I think that's part of why, like, you know, nine, eight ends up in like a pretty decent spot playing through a check raise, you know, compared to nines. Like I, I think I check raised nine, eight before nines uh, because I, I, I crave that denial from overpairs slightly more. And I think that often we get those overpairs to fold on the turn on the deuce. Like that's the thing, like how can I get that third bet and fourth bet in there? Because the yeah, first because, bet, because we're out of position. Yeah. And so like we check raise and get a deuce, which is obviously like probably the best card we can get, or maybe like a board pair. So we get a deuce, let's say. If we check raise the flop and then barrel the turn, like do queens, kings, aces just call, like call us down? Yeah, I, I think they, a prob- lot of them probably not, yeah. but they might not be betting the flop in the first place. Like, yeah, that's true, but I think they would personally. Okay, maybe aces doesn't, but I, I think this player is good, but like also like leans aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, I would be a little surprised if most of the overpairs didn't bet. And I think the ones that are most likely to call, you know, call call us down, would be like tens, which I, it's not bad, but it, that has a lot more equity against nines, obviously, than jacks plus. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a little hard to get that third bet in versus those cards. Whereas if we get if we play check call and we get the deuce, and then we face another bet. I think that we can get the raise in and get called pretty at a pretty high frequency. It just kind of looks like bullshit. All right. So uh, what does the turn bring? Well, I do check, um, and he does bet. So I, I still think leading is reasonable, but I just think that this is not a board where we get raised very often. And so if I'm going to be leading with top set, I want to be able to get raised. Yeah. Um, so that's the main issue. So we we check face like uh, 60, I think, and call. The turn is an eight. It's a pretty good card. It's a it's a pretty good card in that like we got the hand locked up. Yeah. Um I guess it's it's kind of a good card for your range as well. Yeah, it is a good I think it is a very good card for our range. I think we have a reasonable amount of like Seven eight ten eight, ace eight. It also brings a diamond. Yeah. So we could find some some bluffs here too, for sure. Yeah, I think it could make sense to lead here. I do too. I did lead. This is a card I'm going to be leading a lot. Like I'm going for the check raise on a lot of the sort of blanks. So four. Four through deuce, and then obviously like ace and king, going for the check raise, and then I'm I'm gonna have to play check call on like a five, a seven, or a ten, and then a jack or a queen are kind of tricky. Those are cards I probably would also lead, and 
just lead call if I face a raise because my opponent obviously has plenty of stronger hands and the, those, those get tricky. Anyways, we, we lead, but I want to lead. I don't want to lead pulled because I wouldn't lead pulled here. I, I would lead with a lot of hands. So I'm, I'm leading pretty merged on this card. Like if I had most of my nine X leads, if I had like six, seven, I would lead. If I had an eight, I'd lead. And obviously I'm leading with nines full. So I made it 65 into uh, 210. And I'm hoping to induce kind of a greedy sort of pot control-ish raise from over pairs is my hope. Over pairs that are raising here to check back the river? Yeah. Um, because it's... If the even if I have an eight, if the assumption is that I don't really just flat sets in two pairs, which is like, I think most, that's really the key to this spot to me is that I think most players just aren't going to think that their opponents retain those hands on this board. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think there's a pretty strong case for him raising his over pairs here. Because he still retains sets in like boats. So even if I have an eight, I can't really just like three bet. Now I would have three bet. <laughs> Not with an eight. I wouldn't three bet with an eight. Yeah. But I, I would have three bet with nines. Just trying to like look like I have a combo draw or something, which I think is like maybe the only hand he would think that I would play that way. And so this is like this is my sort of backwards way of like maybe can I get stacks in here? And then also if he has like nine, eight or sixes full, then that's a good way for me to get stacks in as well is being able to three bet out of position here on the turn. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be making a lot of money from his lower sets or his lower full houses. Yeah. And probably more than if I had just check raised the flop um, because those hands is as strong as they are, they're probably just going to play, I mean, nine eight might go for it, but six is on like a nine eight six eight turn is just going to call down, which is good, and I can like throw in huge overbets potentially, but that might not be advantageous against this entire range anyway. So he calls the sixty five. Yeah, I think I just wanted to say I think this lead is much better against an aggressive opponent um, like with with this particular holding and that like a lot of these like one third pot leads against more passive players yeah I'm just I'm not sure like how often you'll you'll get raised even though it does look a little bullshitty if you think about it um, (laughs) for a minute yeah I mean you know I want him to think I have a nine and I think I do have nines here, although I do lead a good amount of nines on the flop. I don't know if I talk that much about my flop rating range. I'm leading a good amount of like nine X, especially like 10, nine, nine, seven. And I'm also leading some of my like gut shots, like queen, 10 queen, Jack, 
the reason I'm leading those is because I think I can clean up my pair outs a little bit from a lead. Like I think it's a little bit hard for hands like ace jack, king jack, ace queen, king queen to just uh, float on this board. No, they can, but I would lead for a reasonable sizing. And so I think that I get folds from those hands at some frequency. And if I didn't, and I thought they would bet or call, then I, I would take a different strategy. Anyways, here we are on the turn. I, I bet 65 and I get called. And so I, I think this range can include a lot of hands. I think it can include like a six, seven type hand. I think it could include nines. I think it can include over pairs, although you know, my thought was that over pairs would raise, and I still think that they raise at a reasonable frequency. But I definitely think some over pairs call. I think it could be flush draws. I think it could be floats with hands like ace king with a diamond. Potentially hands like ace seven of a seven, jack ten, queen ten, queen jack. I don't think any of those hands fold, which is part of the nice thing about this sizing is like I I keep in. Or with nines. I, I do lead here a lot, but I actually don't lead for this sizing with my whole leading range. Anyway, part of the reason for choosing a sizing this small when I have the, a, like a full house is just I never get these hands that are drawing to a second best hand to fold. So that's useful. Does the, sorry, does the turn bring a flush draw or does a flush come in on the turn? Brings a flush draw. So we're rainbow on the flop and now we have one flush draw on the turn. Okay, cool. And I uh, I can't remember which cards. I mean, obviously the eight was one of them. And I think the nine was. That's my guess. I'm not positive, though. So he could have, like, nine X of diamonds or maybe six X of diamonds. At least one of those is in his range. And now I think a lot of the draws could also play through a raise here. Like, obviously, I think I can be getting bluff raised or else I, I probably wouldn't choose to lead. But the nice thing is that none of those hands hold. So River is pretty nice card. Um, a little danger, but overall very nice. The Ace of Diamonds. So Ace comes and the flush draw comes in. So I I led I led the turn, got called. We have about 350 in the middle. And about 20 or about 3,000 behind. So, what are you thinking? Um, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if he has more flushes than us. I think it's, it might be um, kind of symmetrical in that respect. Um, I think he has. I wonder, does he have any ace-king here still? I guess he said he might have ace-king with the ace of diamonds, but that comes on the river. Um, yeah. He, he probably doesn't have too many unpaired hands that hit that ace. Like ace-seven, maybe, or something. But yeah, like usually the ace is better for the like pre-flop razor. But yeah, he, I don't he think it really is. Aces just to start out with. Yeah. When we get to the flop. Yeah. And I don't I don't retain very many. I have very little ace X coverage. I could have some ace eight, ace nine. 
I guess maybe Thanks. maybe I'd be thinking about like how to maximize against his full houses because I think those are the hands that like we're making a lot of money against, and I think maybe probably like bet three betting is the way to maximize against those hands. Uh, okay, so I'm not sure. the, what do you the think? Part of the problem with with that one is that I think that a lot of the flop boats or a lot of the boats he has might raise the turn. So I I don't think it's possible that they flat the turn, but I think a lot of them would raise would make at least a small raise. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's definitely true. They'd be thinking about trying to get stacks in by the river. He should have a few combos, like up to three combos of aces full. Yeah. There's there's not much I can do about it. And he could have quads. He could have quads. Like, there's a chance I check race fold here. Yeah, that'd be, uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty gross. Um... I don't know. I don't know that I would. I was thinking about it. During this, so I do. I I'm gonna end up check raising, but we'll talk about it more. When I was check raising, and he was in the tank, I was thinking about it, and then it became clear from his body language that he was not considering that, and I kind of stopped thinking about it. Yeah, so not exactly what I would have done. I think I would have just leaned on intuition about whatever body language he was displaying, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I ended up just folding. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I you know, yeah wouldn't. usually don't have to worry about these things like like or I typically don't because I don't play in like games that are three hundred big blinds deep. But um, yeah, it does it does start to matter. Yeah, the chance he's I probably can't fold. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I don't think it's a great spot. Anyway, I think yeah. when I if I if I bet three bet, it's. So if if I bet three bet, like what size am I going to bet on the turn? Sorry, on the river. On the river, I what are this? Sorry, three hundred and three thousand behind or something? Yeah, three fifty, like three thousand behind. Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough because like you're going to be repping, so like it's going to be so polar at that point. Like if you bet pot. Or if you like, maybe you like bet four hundred, and let's see, he raises like eleven hundred, and then you shove or something. But yeah, that would be. Yeah, I think that would. Yeah, you're getting like so narrow at that point. It does become a little bit dicey with uh, nines. I think the main reason to check is to allow our opponent to bluff. It's not yeah. that he couldn't bluff raise, but I think he's very likely to bluff when he has hands like Jack Ten, Queen Ten, especially with the Diamond, uh, Queen Jack. He just has a lot of potential. Bluff, excuse me, a lot of potential bluffs, and I wouldn't want to rob him of the opportunity to bluff those. Would he go for thin value with hands like Jacks, Queens, Kings? I don't know, but I definitely didn't think it was like no chance. Um, I thought there was a reasonable chance that if he had like a a one pair hand at this point that was better than a nine, then he might go for value. He doesn't necessarily 
call those hands either. Doesn't necessarily, yeah, he does not necessarily call those hands. He never raises those. And the other thing is, I think when he has flushes, which obviously he can have a good amount of flushes, I worry that he'll just call my bet. Like, I think you can raise, and he definitely might raise some of the, especially the stronger flushes, like a stronger flush that unblocked weaker flushes. Like if he had a hand, like let's say king five of diamonds, I think that hand probably goes ahead and raises. But I think a lot of his worst flushes just look at the situation and they say like, yeah, it's probably pretty hard for me to get called by worse, maybe an eight, but there's not so many eights. And if there's eights, there could be boats. So I'll just call. So I'd be worried about that happening. Whereas I think that any flush is going to pretty happily call a check raise. So yeah, uh, I checked and you know, this, this is like the moment where you're scared that like, man, maybe this, maybe I left a lot of money on the table here. Like I check called 60 on the flop. I lead for like slightly less than a third pot on the turn and just get called. And I'm checking the river. It's not a line the field takes very often. No. And it's like, fuck, uh, I might look really dumb in just a second here. And then you see him pause and reach for chips. Yeah. And then he bet, so he bet two fifty. All right. That's, that's a good start. So we're raising. Uh, it's a question of sizing. I don't think there's any reason to go small. So to me, it's more a question of like how big. Like I'm not obviously I'm not going to make it five or six hundred. Yeah, I'd be thinking about what are we targeting, and I think we're targeting flushes. Yeah, for sure. Right. So I think we can go pretty big, but I wouldn't go like I don't think we can go like two x pot, but. You like one and a half X or something? What did, what did you end up going for? Here's where I think I might've made a mistake. I think I went too small. Now I don't think I should go too big. I think like I'm looking for an in rhythm call from flushes, you know, like the flushes are not thinking about folding. And so if I bet, yeah, if I make it like 1500, let's say, I think that it might get some of the flushes to fold which is not great. And it could get all the flushes to fold, which is really not great. So I think that would be too big. I think 1500 is too disruptive. It just looks huge. 250, 1500, even though pot is like a thousand. So I think I should have, I think that a thousand is probably like around the best size. Yeah. And I went 800. So I think that was too small. Yeah. You bet you bet pot. Right? No, because of the two fifty. Okay, sorry, I got yeah, if you had raised eight hundred it would have been pot. So yeah, I raised like two thirds pot, like two thirds yeah. first pot. Yeah, I think could have gone a little bigger, you know, especially when someone like hits their flush on the river and like he'll tank, he'll start to think about it more and be like, Well, he probably would have raised his stats and two pair on the flop. You know, like this this guy, like he keeps, I don't know. I don't know how you're getting the best of him, but, um, you know, he he might uh, think like, okay, this is my, my chance to reverse this by uh, 
calling his his nonsense um, raise yeah. here. Yeah, it's hard to feel like you got your revenge by like folding a flush. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it worked out well for me because he did not have a flush. He thought for a long time. Not like anything ridiculous, but like for a home game a long time. And ultimately called. And he had ace seven, which I think is a bad hand to call with. Because I think my easiest bluffs are six seven. Bluffs yeah. that go ahead and take a check raise line. Yeah. I kind of like calling with like a six. Yeah, he insinuated that he had ace an ace at first. And I figured he had like ace king with the king of diamonds. Which is would be an interesting float. Maybe he wouldn't actually make it. But a seven makes a lot of sense, obviously calling the turn for yeah. that small sizing. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not surprised he went for thin value when he rivered the ace. I think it's also a reasonable play versus a lot of players. But yeah, I, I think it's a not not your best candidate to call down. In uh, in retrospect, going for the uh, the eight hundred might have been, you know, one thousand might have been his uh, kind of a threshold there, so he might have folded. So Good I bet. do think, yeah, I do think the nice thing about eight hundred is that it looks more like a size that people would tend to choose as a bluff, but. I think enough of the range that's going to call is inelastic. I think it's really hard for like kings, even with like the king of diamonds, to call. Maybe it would, um, but I also can't be that confident it would bet in the first yeah. place. So I think most of the betting range is pretty pulled and it's going to have a fairly easy decision, which yeah. is why I think I should size up. Like even if I, like if if he has, let's say like. You know, like six, seven, six, five, king, five, like king, six, king, seven, king, ten, king, jack, king, queen, queen, ten, queen, jack, queen, or jack, ten of diamonds, all these at some frequency. It's a lot of flushes. Yes, potentially it could be a lot of flushes. And so, yeah, just given the sheer number of potential flushes, also like five, four potential, just given the number of flushes. I think getting 200 more from each of those and risking like losing 800 from three combos of a seven is, is worthwhile or at least it's close. If I assume I think it's a very good bet that the flushes call a thousand and a reasonable, it's reasonable to assume that if you called 800 with a seven, that there's a non-zero chance he calls a thousand. So yeah, I think I should go bigger. I think that that's my biggest regret from the hand, but it ended up working out very well. He told me at a seven later on, he, Changed to be on my left. Um, and yeah. Nice hand. It's fun. Um, I was thinking like you can get like or just going back to the turn, like there are definitely like like reasons going for the small size and that it induces more raises, but I just thinking like, oh, if we had gone bigger there, the pot would have been bigger on the river. Um, yeah, I, think there's a, but, I do think there's a case for going bigger. Yeah. Um, I think I might have, I may, if I'm overestimating 
his raised frequency versus that size, then we definitely want to go bigger. Because he really yeah. does have a lot of hands that want to hands that want to call. Yeah, all like he'll almost certainly be calling all his flushes. Like maybe pulling like some of the really weakest ones, but the board blocks some of those. Yeah, a few of the like no diamond, queen ten, queen jack, jack ten. Um, yeah. And also like maybe some of the ace king or like, some of his like floats. Yeah. Maybe the size, I don't know. Maybe that maybe our size is best. Maybe something like obviously I think like maybe just shading up to like eighty would be better. Um, but it wouldn't have made a very big difference. Mm-hmm. Now I think so just I want to emphasize again that the flop decision. So we can see that on the turn there, there aren't that many like great cards where I get my best case scenario, like the two, three, four, ace, king. Like a lot of cards make it tricky. A five, a seven, a ten, a jack, a queen. These make it tricky to proceed. And also like a nine, an eight, a, a six, these all improve our range such that it's kind of hard to go for the check raise again or to, to go for the check raise and expect like that a lot of the potential value targets are going to barrel again. But the thing to realize is that when we check raise, we're in the same situation, except for we've put, we've invested a lot more money without denying equity. And we still face those very difficult cards, the queen, the jack, the 10, the seven and the five. And we also, we miss out on some of our, I think our best case scenarios where we get the two, three, four, and then we get to put in a big turn check raise and get called by a lot of very low equity hands like Jack's plus. So I think it's close, but I think that the deception factor, just the fact that your opponents are going to expect you to have nines and eights and sixes when you check raise and they won't when you check call, I think that makes a really big difference. And when it, when lines like should have similar EV in the best case scenario, like when it's a mix, or think of it like this, if the solver says it's a mix, which it probably, probably does, but then in practice, your opponent will think that you're 100% one and you can go 100% the other, you should do that. That might be an oversimplification, but I think that it's a reasonable way to think about things. Like if this, is, if this spot's closed such that like it's probably a mix and you know out of position on a very dynamic board, it is very likely going to be a mix. Then just going ahead with going for deception, I think is a strong play. And he did he did comment after the line like like I had he was very surprised, obviously. Yeah. I mean there yeah, there are a lot of like positives and negatives to yeah, I can see I can see both sides um for sure. I think yeah, very deep. You just want to be mixing it up a bit more, like like not not capping yourself as much. So having having nines there sometimes can be nice. Yeah, that getting the being able to get a bet of eight hundred in is just worth a lot more than check raising on the flop when your opponent can still realize their equity pretty effectively and getting like a bet of. 250 or 300 called, um, especially when you're going to face a lot of polarized 
bets on the turn in river without like very clear decisions. Yeah. Okay. Just dance poker. You heard it here. Have fun trying this out in your local home game. And thank you guys for joining us. James, thank you for joining me. And we'll see you all uh, in a week. Bye, everyone.